Welcome to Surviving Saturday, a podcast about holding on to hope in the midst of life's difficulties, disappointments, and dark seasons. Times like that remind us of the agony and despair the followers of Jesus felt on the Saturday of Easter weekend, in between the Friday on which he was crucified and the Sunday on which he rose from the dead. That Sunday forever changed the way that humans can relate to God. But what does it look like to be honest about the very real pain we experience in the in-between? To fervently cling to hope in the God who promised us His peace and His presence, at times when He feels distant or even cruel. I'm Wendy Osborne, a licensed counselor in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm her husband, Chris, a marriage mediator, conflict resolution coach, and trauma-informed story work coach. Join us each episode for authentic conversations about how life not turning out as we'd expected has created the contextual soil for the growth of a tenacious hope in the resurrection and in a God who is still making all things new. Hey there, folks. So for this episode of the Surviving Saturday podcast, we actually realized we're coming up on the holidays here in what we in the Christian church call the Advent season. Um, And we realized that the theme of Advent, which is the time when people are looking and waiting for the coming of Jesus Christ, you've heard all the different songs about it and all, we realized that that concept of waiting in a world that's waiting for hope to come in a different form really matches up with a a key principle of of the Surviving Saturday podcast. Um, A lot of the concept of Surviving Saturday is about how do we learn to wait well, rather than um, giving up on hope, giving up on desire, giving up on what we want, going into despair, or rather than numbing out and just kind of acting like we don't have hope or want, or rather than taking matters into our own hands and trying to make things happen and fix uh, situations, um, what does it look like instead to wait, to wait with hope um, and to wait expectantly? Uh, And so with that in mind, we wanted to offer... Um, a bit of an Advent meditation, um, and then uh, after that, an, an Advent invitation uh, that Wendy will tell you about. Um, the meditation first is going to be a poem that uh, Wendy had an opportunity to write uh, about a year ago. And so, why don't you share your poem? This is a poem that, that Wendy wrote actually called Conjugating the Resurrection. And as you listen to this, we invite you just to listen to it expectantly. What does it stir up in you? What do you feel as you hear it? Uh, what resonates, Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit after she reads. Okay, thanks. So this is a poem I wrote about a year ago um, as I was contemplating waiting again. You came. I've heard the stories since my youth. You descended from heaven, humbly, not to be seen, but to see. Not to claim the power you are due, nor to demand vengeance, or to withhold the blessings we are not due. You came as the offer of sacrifice, living and dead. Tales of old are easy for my body to digest, I believe. You will one day return to finish what was started in the beginning, You will usher in what is yours into a new heavens and a new earth. Your tender fingers will soothe the skin on tear-stained faces. You will wipe the strands of hair wet from weeping off of the foreheads that belong to devastated hearts. My body is able to metabolize these far-off expectations. 
The slow simmer of years expects a tenderizing of the fears and doubts that I cannot stomach in the present moment, I believe. Yet in this present darkness, I sit and wonder, are you coming now, today? While my soul struggles to contain the blood gushing out of my body after hard fought for hope has been severed, while my whole being aches with profound disappointment that stems from the absence of things and ways I would sure would be here now to comfort me. As I miss out on places, I long to be loved and embraced. In times when I had expected a seat would be prepared for me at the table, one with a setting that could hold all that I bring, all the life that is my family, all that is me, is never provided. I believe and I don't believe. I am indecisive. I need you to give me hope and trust, not only that you have come and that you will come, but also that you are here with me as the seconds of now tick by, that you come over and over and over every single hour of every day you create. I ask for faith to believe that your resurrections are many and that while they are seldom as complicated as I make them seem, they are trustworthy and true and endlessly repeated. They call me back to the mercy and the honor that are yours for me. Well, and thanks for for sharing that. Um, You're welcome. What are you feeling as you as you read that? Like, are, are you connected to it? And if so, how? Yeah, I remember writing it and just um, being in a season of longing and in a season of loneliness, and so I can feel that even in my chest right now. Just the wanting to be held and embraced and the disconnect that can happen between what I know scripturally to be true about the then and the to come, but my body lives in the now and it's painful. Yeah, you remind me of, I was actually at a, uh, a retreat recently, uh, the Samson Society Summit actually, and a guy named Aaron Porter was giving kind of a a message, um, and and he made a powerful point similar to that. He asked everybody um, to like rate with your fingers. You know, it was in person, so you could hold up a number of fingers, one to ten. Um, how much do you intellectually believe this sentence? I am a child of God, dearly loved by my Father. Um, do you believe that that is a true statement? Mm. You know, rate yourself one to mm-hmm. ten. And then he said, okay, now I want you to do a different rating. Write yourself on how much do you feel like that's true? How much do you relate to and live as if I know I am a child of the Father and He mm. delights in me? It's different. <laughs> yes. And he said, did anybody's number go up? Mm. And no, the answer had not. Almost everybody's number was lower mm. than their intellectual level belief. And then he said this sentence, which really just stopped me in my tracks. He said... The gap between those two ratings is the devil's playground. Oh, yeah. 
That makes sense. I was totally like just mm. caught in that because mm. um, like you have had this intellectual experience, this knowledge. I can tell you scripture. I can tell you truth. I know the right things to say. But when I'm making decisions, when I'm trying to you know, decide what I'm doing with my day or how I'm going to engage with you or a child of ours or a person that I have to deal with or get to deal with, um, that gap comes into play. If I am not feeling that connection, if I'm not operating as like, really, I'm a child of God. We sing it in a worship song, lots of worship songs. Um, the not feeling that really changes how I show up. Would you say that's a fair statement? Absolutely. Yes. Um, and do you hear, I guess, in the counseling room, people wrestling with that same sort of um, dilemma of, you know, knowing and knowing I, I should be hopeful and, and I want to have hope. And yet here I am in the daily grind. Yeah, I think we heap this idea of hope on ourselves like a heavy burden. Like it is similar to faith. It is something that I feel like God gives us to sustain. And there's a lot that happens in the wrestling of the owning that my hope is faltering, that my hope is deferred, that as Proverbs says, my body feels physically sick. And so, yeah, I mean, people I talk with every day are waiting. They're waiting for a child to be conceived. They're waiting for medical results. They're waiting um, to see if sobriety of some sort will take hold. They're waiting for a child to mature in some way and learn to regulate a um, system of emotions or behaviors. They're waiting for a marriage to turn the corner. So, I mean, everybody is waiting. And it strikes me as you say that, that was, that was a skill, I would call it a skill now, um, but it's not one that we had early on in our no. marriage at all. No. Um, when we would hit conflict, when we would hit these really difficult patches that were um, undoing in some ways, and we'll talk about those on other uh, podcast episodes, but when that happened, it, it didn't feel like either of us knew how to wait well. I remember somebody uh, giving us that, you know, that sort of encouragement. It might have been John Pierce or somebody saying, what, is it, what would it look like to wait well? And we're like, what, what do you mean? What, what are you talking about? Like, there are times when you have to sit in the powerlessness of, here's something I can't fix. I really want to be different. And maybe I've tried a number of things to try to make it different in my own strength. And coming to the end and realizing, I, I can't. This is not a fixable problem if it's a, a bad diagnosis, if it's a relationship mm -hmm. that's ending or navigating betrayal, whatever. Um, those unfixable problems, you know, yeah. you know me, I hate unfixable problems. I hate things that I can't research or think or, or talk my way out of. Um, and for me, especially sitting often involves, waiting often involves silent, mm. um, being silent. Um, you don't like silence. I do not like silence. Um, <laughs> I've gotten more comfortable with it now, but I remember a lot of that early counseling work had to do with, um, can I do something other then go just on a spin in my head of, I got to fix this. I got to make this better. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Whether it's powering up or shrinking down, running away, I all kinds of ways to not wait. Um, and yet, um, you know, when, when you realize they're ineffective, they're not working, they're not helping the situation. Sometimes you, I, I remember being left with, all I can do is wait 
and try to figure out, okay, what does waiting well look like? I need to cry out to Jesus. I need to actually cry out and say, can you, can you hold me? Can you give me what I'm desperately wanting and, and not getting, whether it's relationally or in life? Um, mm-hmm. I've been in a season recently just as I'm navigating this whole career transition, and there's been lots of waiting, lots of mm. um, trying different things or applying for things or trying to you know figure out direction vision and and just many many you know days and days of of waiting either Mm. waiting on somebody else or waiting on an answer i don't do it well so that's sort of our advent meditation um and we also mentioned we'd like to to issue an advent invitation um we won't ordinarily do this we're not going to sell something on every podcast but wendy does have uh you have an opportunity coming up uh, that you're doing with a friend, another counselor in town. Why don't you tell folks about that, uh, this Advent um, opportunity um, to, to kind of practice waiting together? Yeah. So um, one of my dearest friends, um, the lovely Danielle Hughes, is a counselor in Charlotte, and we are partnering together on Saturday morning, December 16th. That is, for reference, the Saturday morning closest to the winter solstice, which is the darkest day of the year. And we chose that um, with a great purpose because we want to invite women, and we're keeping the group very small, um, but we want to invite women to come and sit together contemplating the darkness that we may be walking in. Some of those places that I mentioned were waiting um, earlier. And so we're going to come together. There's going to be um, an opportunity to do some personal reflection with some um, prompts around what you're waiting for, what it's requiring of your body and your community to wait with you. We're going to do some Lectio Divina combined with just gentle stretching yoga and some experiential rituals just to mark our bodies and the pain of waiting and the deference of hope. And we're going to also enjoy a really good lunch together. So um, there are scholarships available if that would help. Um, And so if you're interested, there is an Eventbrite. And um, if you haven't received that, then reach out to me um, and I will get that to you. But we're super, super excited to offer this opportunity. That email address is wendy at nurturecounseling.net. Yep. So we appreciate you guys being with us and we hope you'll join us again for the next episode of the Surviving Saturday Podcast. The Surviving Saturday Podcast is brought to you by Nurture Counseling PLLC, a counseling teaching and training center based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. We help families flourish one story at a time. Nurture Counseling provides counseling, counseling intensive for couples, conflict resolution coaching, story work groups, seminars, workshops, and retreats to provide a safe and welcoming context for exploring the agonizing experiences of pain, brokenness, and evil that disrupt our lives and that God often uses to nurture deeper trust and intimacy with Him and with each other. You can find us online at www.nurturecounseling.net.